Testing, testing. See, that feels pretty low. This is me talking intentionally into the mic at a reasonable level. You might want to turn your, I guess, the gain. Should the gain be higher? Talk like you're trying to give us a commercial right now. When you're really enunciating, you're talking to the mic. Well, what does that sound like? It looks fine. 1-800-555-6745. Call us. We're the Jones. <laughs> Welcome to Footy Fellas, coming at you from Chicago and Minnesota. We're going to be talking soccer, life, playing games, playing mind games. we got a little something for you. If you haven't yet, throw us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Footy Fellas Pod, F-O-O-T-Y, Fellas Pod. And today, we're discussing a whole grab bag of footy topics. We've got NWSL headlines, MLS Rivalry Week, and of course, the EPL, which is back in grand fashion we're two weeks in. We actually haven't chatted since it since it kicked off last weekend, so a lot to digest and regurgitate, if you want to imagine that as we kick off. It's a lovely image. Love that the Prem is back. Super excited. Super stoked. Um, I think, uh, yeah, the games have been good. The games have been great. Liverpool's off to a stellar start, but what's, you know, you know what's, what's new here? 2-0, basically first in the league at this point. Basically, well, they're tied for first in the league. Tell me, give me the odd team out. Ready? Here are the teams tied for for top of the table right now through two weeks: Chelsea, Liverpool, Brighton, Tottenham. Which team surprises you there, huh? Tottenham. Yep. I was gonna say Liverpool, but yeah, keep keep going, keep going. Tottenham. I thought they'd be zero and two. I thought they would be in relegation territory. Harry Kane's about to leave, uh, and Brighton's expected to win the league. So. Yes, I'm not. There's nothing new here. They've gone from XG to expected to win the league. That's the jump from Brighton this year. Good for them, actually putting up points. I like. Yeah, uh, I like. Them. I like seeing United in that five spot, just uh, lingering around there. You don't want to. You don't want to peak too early. And I, I will talk about peaking early because I do feel like that's a big conversation topic for for Premier League games. But it's just it's a breath of fresh air to have uh, have the Prem back. I feel like it was a. Uh, the summer has been a long summer of nonstop footy, a lot of international stuff. But somehow, even still, the Prem is back. It feels like it was never gone, and it and we're ready for it. It's Christmas Day. It's a, a Brentford of fresh air, mm. if you will, to see Man United lingarding around fifth for now. Nice. Nonstop. Nonstop. <laughs> we don't stop, because I had a West Ham for lunch with some roast Aston Villa beef. <laughs> I, I don't know if they'll... <laughs> you're really... Force fit that, uh, or... that 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 yeah. Aston Villa one. Wait, let me just lead you into this Ooh. scary attack and Burnley your face with this sick, sick arse of a team, which is Arsenal. <laughs> Straight garbage. <laughs> They've been pretty arse so far. That's not that's not not wrong. It's a good way to end it actually. Before we get back to some some EPL, but first, how are you doing? I see. How how are you? You know, Biggie, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, just got done with a little nine hole golf of which I lost by seven strokes. So that's a win in my book, baby. Uh, double bogey golf for all you golfers out there who are footy fellows as well. 
Uh, yeah. How was your trip, Big E? You were in Colorado. Tell us a little bit about it. Denver was marvelous. Loved the city, the sights, the sounds. Got to do one sort of outdoorsy activity each day. A little bit of hiking, a little bit of whitewater rafting, paddle boarding. You get the gist. I'm going to stop flexing now. Um, but yeah, great trip. Great week. Got to relax, see some friends, and get to see Denver, which I've wanted to see for a long time. So it was a lovely trip. You also got a fresh cut. The, the boss did. can't see it, but it's fresh. It's fresh. It's really good. Hey. Subway fresh. Subway fresh. I got it at Subway. Wow, said, they do that too? Yeah. They said two inch, or not two inch. They said two <laughs> blade or three blade. And I said, give me the 12 inch. So I'm pretty much bald at this point. Look at like Shel- Shelby. Was that Shelby in Newcastle? Is that John it? Joe. Yeah, that's, that's why Elon. they call me John Joe. Jones, how are you? Mr. Tank Top? Doing well. Rocking the tank top. It was a lovely day here this weekend. Uh, well, today and this weekend. Um, marvelous weather. Um, our our team, Boot and Boots, the, the men's league team we play on, had a great game yesterday. Um, no subs. I see. I don't know if we talked about this at all. We had no subs. I think you saw the tweet. You saw the Boot and Boots tweet that was put out there. Yeah. But um, semifinal game, no subs. Um, and in the like 80 degree heat, somehow pulled out five goals to, to overcome our opponents, five to four. Um, serious crampage was going on. Um, the scenes, I mean, the crowd was incredible per usual. Um, and, uh, and, you know, Hey, we're focused for next weekend, which we won't be at because we're going to be out of town. Yes. But, um, definitely has the, the weekend on a high. It's great to, it's great to enjoy the summer, enjoy some nice organized W's because that's all we want to be eating straight W's. W's and subway fresh cuts. Still feels good. I know you just, you had a dub in your, your seven aside league as well, I see. And it just feels good. Even though these games are relatively in the grand scheme of life, meaningless, it feels good <laughs> to win and to battle with friends and teammates. It, it you does. know, it is nice. Oh, go, John. No, 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 you go. It's nice. No, no, to no, no, you moved. go. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I think there's a slight delay. Uh, no. I have to cut all this. Just one of you go. <laughs> um, it is nice to get literal W's in life instead of just the small little wins in your day to day as a as a living and breathing adult. A literal win is nice these days. It is. There's something we can talk about the value of sport and why it exists in our lives. And one thing that I I think just uh, philosophically it provides for us is instant gratification, something you don't normally get in the just mundane marathon that is the work week or that is your life. You need these these fun fun games, and that's if you're following your team Liverpool and their wins on the weekend. They're suddenly your wins, or when you play in a um, intramural league or co-ed or whatever you're playing in, and you get a fun win there. That's that's a satisfying feeling. Um, and so when you chase it and you care about whatever hobby that is, be it soccer or what else, it feels like a big win. It feels very satisfying. So um, tune in uh, tune in next weekend uh, to the, uh, the Boot and Boots. Um, I don't know what uh, the radio station. There's going to be a radio station. We'll have it on satellite or something broadcasted on the Northern Hemisphere um, and see how that fares. Speaking of winning, let's jump right into some NWSL where the Portland Thorns are both on top of the league and have been on a crazy run of form, as well as just won the Women's International Champions Cup, a mini four-team tournament where they brought together some of the best 
German and NWSL teams, and they beat the Houston Dash, their fellow NWSL compatriots, in the semifinals, and then beat Lyon, who is a world superpower when it comes to to women's footy in the finals, 1-0. So they are just winning in all forms, especially with one of their new signings, Ice. Yeah, so this superstar came onto my radar very recently. Uh, There's big news all around Twitter. She scored her first NWSL goal, or first professional goal with the Portland Thorns, I should say, because this is the Women's International Champions Cup, not the NWSL season game. She scored against Houston Dash for the first time in her, her professional career. She's only 15 years old, 1'5". This, this young woman is going to be a superstar. Olivia Moultrie, uh, at 15 years old, right, remarkable. She's playing for the Portland Thorns. She's actually been playing with the squad, I believe, since she was 13, she was on the practice team. So, I mean, here's just a little bit of her background. She accepted a scholarship offer to North Carolina at the age of 11 signed a marketing deal with Nike at 13, and on top of it, filed an antitrust lawsuit against the NWSL uh, in May because the NWSL has a rule requiring players to be at least 18 years old. So she did get a, uh, a temporary injunction, which did allow her to play against the Houston Dash, but she's, you know, I think it's still an ongoing, an ongoing lawsuit, but, you know, very cool to see her out there. She's a superstar in the making. That's just nuts. 15 and doing all the other stuff you mentioned at 11 and 13, signing six-figure deals with Nike and trying to battle to even get a spot in the league. But just to be able to play in the league at that level is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's remarkable. And, you know, part of it too, uh, which the judge is seeing as well, there's no there's no similar restriction for for men uh, and young, young players like that from signing big deals. Um, so... You know, this is, I think, a very fair, she's a trailblazer. It's a fair, it's a, it's a fair thing for the judge to let her play. She's making moves. She's very talented. She can score goals at the big level, at the big stage. Um, and I think she just signed a multi-year contract with the Portland Thorns, uh, possibly even this, this last week. Um, so huge player, going to be massive. Uh, I just wish her the best and hope that she continues thriving. It's great when you have... Uh, such opposite ends of the spectrum when you have a player like her at 15 and then Christine Sinclair on on your squad who just won the uh, Olympics Olympic gold for Canada who's 35 has been around forever proven goal scorer and you just realize wow both players are getting better younger and younger and also on these teams everyone just has to coexist got a 15 year old who's still living at home I assume or is living in a special situation and then Christine Sinclair at 35 just a, a big gap. I wonder what that locker room's like. I wonder how you navigate that kind of professionalism all the while, like trying to have fun with your crew. When you have someone who's not even 18, it's one thing for people to be like 21 and, you know, able to, you know, partake, partake in like drinking or any other type of very common social behavior for these teams. But you haven't even had like your quinceanera yet and you're hanging out. I mean, that's, very interesting dynamics. I wonder how involved she is, perhaps. Maybe. What else do you talk about in locker rooms aside from quinceañeras? Well, so, so fair, like, fair point. So No, she, I agree with you. Like, what do you even talk about? It, I was going to say, I mean, if, it, if it's not quinceañeras, like, I, I just, hey, just round, round the horn right now. Can you guys think of, like, what topics you think? Like, top of my head, probably, like, favorite brands of ketchup. 
I don't yeah. know. Like junior year prom. Okay. She hasn't had that yet. No. Nope. First. Cool. Yeah. First kiss on the cheek or something like that. It's got. Yeah. Something. Holding hands might not have might might not have happened yet. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Right. You know what's your uh, favorite uh, popcorn to eat at the movie theater? Uh huh. Uh, let's compare library cards. Wow, that's a big one. Uh huh. What do you think that's about the one. new science teacher? I mean, it's just we go on and on. It's nuts to be that skilled when you still haven't talked about that list we just created. Mm-hmm. Still haven't lived through some of that stuff, or found a favorite science teacher. Hopefully, crossing her, crossing my fingers that she has. Um, that's crazy. I mean, she doesn't have her that's learner's crazy. permit. Someone has to drive her to and from. She can't even. That's true. That's really interesting. Do you think Christine Sinclair? like takes her practice drives her around maybe might might hopefully she goes on to have a great and illustrious career and we'll be old people by the time she's christine sinclair's age hopefully still killing it in the league another legend on the older side and for good reason has just retired icy tell us about uh tell us about her carly lloyd living breathing legend has announced her retirement this past week she will be wrapping up her illustrious career i think with four more domestic games with the u.s women's national team their final stop being here at allianz field in the great state of minnesota so it's a blast she's had such a great career um i mean she's played so so many minutes so many games scored so many goals she's only gotten better with age she has tons of records for leading the team has you know historically through all the years and goal scored at past the age of 30 um she's just a an absolute tank and and uh we're gonna the team's gonna miss her uh but she's she's done it all and it's time for her to as she says you know start something new focus on something else 312 caps for the u.s women's national team second all time and no cap no cap Plenty of caps, no cap, and 128 goals, fourth all time for the U.S. Women's National Team. You have, uh, I feel like with the Women's National Team, you get these waves of icons. You know, there's usually this in-between period where the team doesn't really have an identity. They're just kind of figuring out who's the the Megan Rapinoe, who's the Carly Lloyd of the current team. Um, Prior to that, there's kind of like an in-between realm where they're figuring out who's who. But big names like Abby Wambach or Mia Hamm, Christine Lilly, uh, even Michelle Akers um, back in the day, you have these certain people. And Carly Lloyd is 100% one of those generation-defining talents. So her leaving is definitely sad, but it's also encouraging. It's exciting for us to know, okay, we have a new wave of people who are starting to to really break through. You have your Alex Morgans, but she's also of this kind of wave that's on that's petering out. Uh, same with Rapino. Um, um, so it's... It's it's sad to see her go. It's exciting to see who's who's next on the horizon. Who's going to be the new defining talent and and energy and workhorse for the for the women's national team moving forward. Yeah, got the U.S. sisters. Could it be a Tobin Heath? Will one of those players step up to lead the U.S. back to glory? Even though they literally had one hiccup in the Olympics, winning bronze, they dominate so much. It feels like whoa, what's happening is you know the rest of the world's getting better. We're losing our icons. Who's going to bring that team back to? Back to glory. I definitely still remember watching Carly Lloyd score four, I believe, against uh, Japan. It must have been Japan. Yeah, I think it, I think it was final. Japan. She scored, yeah, incredible 
hat trick and one. Yeah. She had the half field goal where she just crushed one. And then it was after that game I, I learned she was from New Jersey. I don't know why that stuck in my head. but You know what she probably talked about after that game? Being able to legally buy a drink. <laughs> hop, you know, <laughs> hop over to a bar effortlessly with her ID because she's of age. But who, who she, you know who she didn't talk about that with? Olivia. 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 Yep. Nope. She couldn't have that combo. Well, that's a that's a rivalry game. I mean, Portland's got Gotham, who Carly plays for up next, so can't even be chumming it up with the enemy regardless. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it makes you think, and we had to talk about this just now, but for the Portland Thorns to beat Leon, and Leon is such an international powerhouse, it made me think this morning why and I think I know the answer, but you know, they should allow NWSL squads to compete for the Champions League. They're so good. To beat Lyon is massive. It makes you, I think people talk about the the logistical nightmare that would be making some international club tournament that happens in a given calendar year. But if there was one um, league or a couple leagues that were going to kind of spearhead that, you might argue it would be the NWSL and and you know France's league or Germany's um, um, from the from the women's perspective because there's definitely more of a connection there. At least the U.S. has a little bit more of a financial stake in that because it seems like that's kind of the separating divide. Unless South America were to drum up something in, in men's soccer, I don't know if that necessarily would would come about. But it does seem like if there's a bridge. It's most likely to be connected between NWSL and, and Europe. But I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's just also just so different between the men's sides and the women's sides. Our United States women are powerhouses in this sport across the world when it comes to soccer. We win World Cups. It's not the same for the American men. A long way to go for them. Yet. 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 Uh, where Europe is still a, pow- a powerhouse, you know, South America. But the Champions League resides in Europe. And for the women to leave out players that are world-class, it's, I don't know, it's tough. And it just seems like it would bring more eyes to the sport. It would make the the game um, spread to more people who, who may not love it already um, and just want to get a glimpse of how sweet it is. So, Yeah, 100%. Let's flip from NWSL to MLS now that we, we've mentioned it and it's rivalry week which is a big week on the MLS calendar, drums up a lot of interest, like you were just saying, some eyes, some big matchups. Some of these feel like actual rivalries that have gone back for a long time or are two Canadian teams playing each other or are two Miami teams playing each other, the LA team. Some of these feel real, the Cascadia Cup on the West Coast, and some of these feel a little made up. So MLS Rivalry Week is a combo of this past weekend, that's just happened and all the way through next week. So they really, really draw it out, really, you know, let it linger a bit so you can catch games this weekend, catch games next weekend. Jones, I know you saw the Seattle Columbus game and we watched new England, Cincinnati together, Orlando, Chicago, none of the, the rivalry week games in particular, but how did you feel watching some of that MLS footy after we, we watched some EPL recently? I had been that, I think that day, uh, yesterday, I had just watched Barcelona Atletico Bilbao. Bilbao uh, is how you pronounce it. And uh, flipping from from European soccer to the MLS can be a little jarring. I'm just going to tell you guys that it's 
it's not the proper appetizer. You want to go the other way around. It's like having some, it's like having a great bolognese and then following it up with like a little arugula and prosciutto salad. It's like, no, you want to reverse that. Still tasty, but wrong order. Yeah. You want, you want some of that, that little sampler MLS beforehand. But what I saw in the Columbus crew Seattle Sounders game was a, a, a tale as old as time. Uh, Columbus, you know, pulling themselves in front, 1-0, feeling fine at home in their new stadium. Um, but Seattle, like Thanos, was inevitable and scored two goals right at the very end to overcome Columbus, um, a, a rebuttal of the championship last year, um, and uh, sending Columbus into, I believe, their sixth straight loss, which is um, pretty bad all things considered, uh, after they are the reigning MLS Cup champs. Um, so Seattle's coming in hot. Uh, I feel like if I'm if I'm Portland in the rivalry game, uh, tying this back into our theme, I'd be a little worried. I'd be a little shaken in my boots, in my, my boot and boots, because um, the Seattle team is on a roll. Uh, I just worry that Seattle might not be peaking at the right time. Might be a little too early. Mm. We'll see. Interesting. How about them loons? I see you catch that. That nil-nil draw against Sporting KC? You know, I did not, unfortunately. But uh, looking at the stats, it looked like MNUFC held their own. You could maybe say dominated. That's what I would say. But uh, coming out 0-0, there was a red card in there. So maybe a little dicey. I know these teams have a history of being a little dicey with each other. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I think get overall disappointing to see that 0-0. Zero, zero. It's two disappointing ties in a row, which just leaves the door open for, who is it? Uh, San Jose, Real Salt Lake. Both of them are on our tail. So we got to get it going. It's good. It's good that they're on your tail. It's nice to be speaking about teams on your tail, sitting in fifth place in the Western Conference, as opposed to uh, you being on other teams' tails, like Chicago in 12th. In the Eastern Conference, and we did watch a good amount of that game yesterday against Orlando. They had some chances, they created some stuff, but nothing too dangerous, and they just lost one one nil. So that was that was a sad one to watch. Do you uh, do you have Chicago making the playoffs this year? No. Unfortunately, no. Sorry, not even not going to be humor me with it. Not even going to like (laughs) converse about it. Like they gave me the opportunity to. The answer is no, Max. Are they? Yeah. Wow, they've played more games. They've played too. a lot oh, of games. God. They don't have any games in hand, is the issue. There's no way to slip that in as a, uh-huh. a freebie. They nope. just have 20 points. They're, they're seven games back of that last playoff spot in seventh. There was another exciting rivalry week game uh, Houston Dynamo FC Dallas, a Texas friendly or not so friendly, I should say, 2 2 at full time. Ricardo Pepe. The young star was having a good season for FC Dallas, scored, but Houston tied it up late 2-2. Two to two. So that's an interesting one. And the one of the later games that we both saw the scoreline and, and were taken aback was Austin taking down Portland 3-1. to one. So a bit worrying for Portland, like you said, going up against Seattle. Teams heading in slightly different directions, but good for Austin at the bottom of the table getting a, getting a strong W. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting, but lots of lots of real you know real rivalry week matchups next weekend to watch out for. Orlando City Inter Miami, uh, Pizarro for Miami just had a big game, two goals. So they they are on a four game win streak, I believe. Could finally be making Beckham happy, making Neville happy, doing some things. Got Atlanta Nashville that could be a good one with how how good Nashville's been this season. And Atlanta 
champs a couple years back. The two LA teams against each other, DC United, Philadelphia, um, and New York City, New England, which isn't a rivalry game per se because you got the two New York teams, but it feels like one for all of you out there that are Giants fans and have played the Patriots in the Super Bowl one too many times. Nice. <laughs> nice. It's a New Yorker sh- in me. Big shout out to the New Yorks. Yeah, hard hard to ever root for a team that's playing in Foxborough. That's just just a general statement. <laughs> general way of life. Well, uh, have you guys, I don't know if you've heard the news. I'm going to quickly just turn into a human Twitter bot. <laughs> have you heard that uh, Messi just purchased six premium apartments in Miami and is impending move to play in MLS on the Miami squad to join Beckham? in a few few years now i'm literally a twitter bot so all that is just read online on twitter could be junk (laughs) but that'd be nuts and something that i am all about and i think you should make an mls pit stop i'm digging the icy bot we need like we need this to be a recurring theme icy (laughs) bot gets brought back for on the ground news ear to the grindstone corn on the cob all that kind of news that's what and, you guys oh, 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 getting signal, signal. Uh, Man City trying to sell Laporte for 20 or $30 million to make an offer for Harry Kane. A lot of Ooh. Harry Kane stuff. City, all the stuff I'm seeing is that City is making these behind-the-scene moves to actually make a move at Kane. And I think at this point, after seeing Lukaku, okay, we will get to the Premier League, I promise you boys. I'm just getting there early. After seeing or hearing and seeing Lukaku score a goal today, Chelsea is very, very seriously a contender to win the Premier League. Will Chelsea win the Premier League? Will Kane go to City? We're going to give you all that and more after a bit of station identification. Be right back. 94.7, it's your city cost to jump the connection to put a smile to your complexion. The best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. And you'll never walk alone with these tunes coming to you all day, every day, right to your eardrum. It's time to hit the road in Aguero! Only here on 92.2 The City. 92.2 The City. Abu Dhabi's premier radio station. Ings and Mings on 104.5 The Strings. Hi guys, I'm Danny Ings. My name's Tyrone Mings. Birmingham's number one station for wacky guitar riffs. Super wacky. We need it in a British accent. Turn down the tunes, mate. It's so late. Sorry, bruv, but it's always a body party here on 96.9. The Fox. What does the Fox say? Dilly ding, dilly dong. Come on. Ow! 101.7 M-A-T-E What, mate? Manchester's most divisive station talking darbies, trebles, oil, and airy game. You're listening to Bangin' Beats and Footy Deets on 101.1 The Goal! The Draw. Nashville's most popular hits for when you're tied up in traffic. We love country, but our listeners want more EDM. So here goes nothing. Go Nashville. 
thanks to our partners who support us every day by airing us on their station. So if you live in any of those areas, be it Nashville, Abu Dhabi, or Manchester, be sure to check out these partner stations, Airing Footy Fellows. Classic stuff. I, 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 it never ceases to amaze me how electric my complexion just gets when I'm driving through Liverpool and that, that, uh, uh, Ch- I'm never going to pronounce his name. Simikas. Simikas. The man who looks like he never sleeps and <laughs> Jota. What a connection. It's like Robertson hasn't even been gone or are we wrong? Uh, it's, I was thinking about that. Klopp's got a, a bit of a, he has a very nice managerial issue where he's got two very good left wingers. But, you know, sorry, Simikas, I think Robertson's going to be taking your spot when he's healthy. Do you have any worries? Watch, I'm like, looking at the score lines, looking at the uh, the box score, Liverpool looks like they're doing pretty well. It looks like they're back on track, heading towards the top of the table. Um are there any things that are lingering? Any things that you're worried about when you're looking at this team play over the past two weeks? Or are you feeling, nope, coast is clear, we're doing great? I really mostly feel good. All the top three have scored, which is huge for their momentum going into the rest of the season. Actually, the top four have scored, which is great. Um, and Simikas as well, new guy getting getting an assist, making a he's just a playmaker. I think everything's good. Shutouts have been there. So far, so good. I might eat my words next uh, next week. I just hope they don't win 7-0 this season because then for the next 15 games after that, they'll have a terrible record. So let's just keep it to these two 3-0 wins and then we'll all be happy. Keep it chill. Keep it chill. Most keep exciting. It, it PG-13. PG-13. Like that. Well, when your team's winning, you can keep it whatever rating you want. Most uh, surprising. Scoreline of the first two weeks is it Tottenham beating City one nil? It's hard to it's hard to beat that. I was you know I I think a lot of people were giving some hype to um, at least in my head Ashton Villa. I felt like should have comfortably handled Watford. That that felt a little surprising. Obviously though, hard to beat the uh, the Tottenham over overcoming um, Man City. I think the most predictable scoreline is Man City uh, their game after they lost. Uh, playing Norwich where they hammered him 5-0 that, that was like a given whenever City loses a game you know the next game oh you're in trouble they are coming out for blood so that was a no-brainer yeah did you actually catch the Leeds Everton game Ice do you watch any of that yeah I watch a good good chunk of it most all nearly all the second half and uh, 10 minutes of the first half um, yeah it was really fun Leeds actually looked to my dismay not like their usual self. It was it was very um, sloppy in the final third, which last season I swear they were they were much better. Um, but Bamford played the worst I'd ever seen him play. Still got an assist, but every he couldn't get a first touch on the ball. Uh, something was in his head, and yeah, when they got to the final third, they could not make passes, and they just turned over after turnover. So they got they got a point though. Rafinha had a sick rip. But disappointing for Bielsa. Uh, conversely, I think for all people who have uh, Calvert Lewin on their teams, pretty encouraging to see he takes PKs now. So he's officially jumped up into everyone's pecking order. I think uh, if that man's putting goals from the spot in as well, that's a that's easy points in fantasy. 
most dominant team so far, perhaps uh, Liverpool, obviously in contention, perhaps Chelsea, just steamrolling Arsenal today where it wasn't much of a game in Crystal Palace, not as formidable an opponent, but just making it look so easy with so many options. They've got just a big roster and throwing Lukaku in the mix doesn't hurt either. Uh, they, they look like they could be bodying teams. Um, I, I do feel like it's, uh, it's early in the season and things, things can happen. I think the city machine hasn't necessarily woken up. If I recall last year, it took city like until, uh, I mean, was United leading at, at Christmas? I think it took city like a good chunk of the year until they really started hitting their stride. I think they also had some games in hand, but, um, you know, I think it's early. It's always early on. You don't want to peak too early, but Chelsea doesn't even look like they're peaking per se. They just look like they're just a built team who is going to muscle through you quite literally with Lukaku. Yeah, I think um, Norwich is in a lot of trouble if we're talking about teams that are struggling and it's very hard to see them getting out of relegation at this point. Norwich, um, the other team that hasn't yet to score a goal all season is Wolves. That's an issue. They played actually pretty well against Spurs, but the Spurs defensively were were cohesive enough and Duris was able to keep a clean sheet. So yeah, Wolves and Norwich are not in good good shapes right now. Always tough to start off the season with the Liverpool Man City back to back that Norwich faced, but I agree with you guys. They seem not lifeless that's harsh because those teams are just so good it does seem like they'll struggle to win games maybe they can sneak points here and there against the middle of the table bottom of the table squads but it's just hard to see them beating any of those teams we just talked about that are cruising so far do you guys have any hot takes or or, or way too early reads on who's going to be relegated slash win the league Ooh, hot take i think arsenal is going to have a worse season this year than they did last season i think they're going to fall lower in the table um and I think I'm still sticking with my guns. Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich will be relegated. I think Brentford's going to struggle more than they are now. They look good. It fits with the story, the narrative. The analytics are strong. They beat Arsenal, which feels like a big win. But I think sort of paired with what Icy just said, I think Arsenal, the team they're putting out right now, is not good. And so the 2-0 two win, two win over Arsenal in that first game week shouldn't carry that much weight even though it feels like it does and good for them. It should for them, for their supporters. But I think Brentford will still end up right near that relegation zone, if not getting relegated, even though they're sitting in seventh tied with a couple other teams right now. I'm uh, I'm wondering if Watford is going to pull a Newcastle and just squeak out a couple wins early this year that are going to help them on the back end. Um and conversely, I don't know if Newcastle is going to pull a Newcastle because they need to start winning games against some mid-level teams early on if they're gonna if they're gonna stay up. So I'm uh, I'm very very interested to watch that. The top four race, the 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 race for who's going to win it. It feels like you can look at stuff now, but by Christmas we'll we'll have a much more substantial idea of what's going on because the the other massive variable is 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 Champions League and how that starts to factor into those guys and what lineups they put up in the premier league and all that good stuff. So as long as they're still battling their way through it, you don't know what's going to happen. It's a great point. I am shocked and not, this isn't slander, but you can respond. Obviously I'm shocked that Southampton were able to tie 
Man U? Were people giving them too much flack? Are they not just going to roll over this year? It's a good question. Uh, you know, Southampton, so from a United perspective, they should have probably won the game game to an extent it wasn't like they had a ton of great chances per se and and definitely you can argue Southampton had maybe a little bit more of point blank range but from a possession standpoint and pressure perhaps United were a little bit in the lead ultimately I think what you saw was as I'll always say some inept coaching I don't think Ole is really the best coach far from it um and uh, Southampton is clearly an organized side uh they don't have the depth that you're used to them having in the past as long as well as like individual talent. Um, but kind of like a lot of these bigger sides, I think it takes a team like city a little while to rev up. I think it takes a little while for arguably perhaps a team like United Chelsea and Liverpool look like they're purring already, but I question if that's a, if that's necessarily a good sign in the first, first couple of weeks, you might, you might need a little bit of time to build up. So that's my optimistic take. versus United, hey, Southampton fans, feel it. You might be staying up this year. You might not be dropping. You alluded to this earlier, Ice, that Lukaku to Chelsea could mean them winning the the league. And watching that game today against Arsenal, he looks like he's evolved. He was always a good striker, and people made comments fairly or not about his touch. And I don't know if people ever questioned his speed, but he's incredibly quick for how well he uses his body and just how, how big of a guy he is. Um, but he looks evolved. He looks confident after playing with Inter. And on this Chelsea team that's just going to whip in balls from Reese James and Espiliqueta and Marcus Alonso, like he's going to score a ton of goals. I don't know if I think he's going to win Golden Boot, but I can't name anyone else better right now because Harry Kane and the Spurs situation is a bit hairy. And nice. Thank you. And we should just end it on that. That's like full circle, just nailing PL puns. Um, but I think Chelsea are super dangerous. And given how many defensive options they have, it seems like they can be really flexible to who they're going up against. And Tuchel, who is a very good manager, can adjust the formation, can play some of the the bigger teams, and they'll just steamroll everyone else. And if they can pick up a couple wins, you know, one out of two games, they can beat City, they can beat Liverpool next week, which would be an awesome matchup this early on. They can win some of those games. I could see them winning the title for real, which before these first two weeks, I thought City was going to run away with it. So it's very reactionary, but I could I could see Chelsea actually winning the title now that they have Lukaku. You know, Jones, I think there's something that you and I can be excited about when it comes to the, the big four race for the top of the table, and that is we're starting to see Chelsea and City start to do a little ticky, ticky-tacky uh, trades and, and big money moves. So you know, I think Chelsea getting Lukaku was massive for them. It's giving them a real chance to win the Premier League. And I think City's feeling that pressure, especially after losing their first game. And now we hear a lot of these rumors about them getting the funds ready for for Harry Kane to even just c- compete. Like, I feel like they think that they need Kane to be one step ahead of Chelsea. So perhaps we see a lot of big money moves and, you know, maybe the teams don't actually, they aren't cohesive units anymore. Maybe, you know, don't wish this upon any player, but an injury happens and now your, your big key player isn't going to be a factor. So I think if United and Liverpool just stick to their guns, work with what they've got and not worry about what other teams are spending and all this jazz, we could see uh, 
maybe a top two, obviously Liverpool one, United second, but uh, could be could be kind of nice for our teams. I'm uh, I am I am I, I love the optimism there, and I would like to think that too. Um, there's a, a fair point about bringing in new players and how do they actually fit into a team and a side. Look at Werner, who clearly has had a year plus on his under his belt, and he's just it's not working. Um, so you know there is a chance. It does seem like uh, Lukaku's inertia is too great to, to really slow them down. Um, but similarly, like with city, it's kind of hard to figure out what you're going to get out of them. They could flounder. They, they could not. Graylish could be worthwhile. Kane coming in there could help, could not. Um, but I think ultimately, as long as United and Liverpool are continuing to take care of the games they need to be taken care of and not dropping unnecessary points, they will be in it. Definitely City losing a game to Tottenham is more crucial than uh, Man United tying to to Southampton, perhaps, considering if we're not putting Tottenham in a top four kind of contingent. It definitely seems like if you are going to win the league this year, you cannot be you cannot afford to lose. I don't know. We can make up a number like six or six games. If you're trying to win, win the league, you cannot lose six games. That is if you have a ton of ties and all that good stuff. So um I think uh, I think we're we're we got a lot of coming. We got a lot of coming, and then it's gonna be fun. Why can't we be friends? friends. Why can't we be friends? friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Friends. Beautiful moment between a Liverpool and a Man U supporter coming together mm-hmm. against Chelsea and Man City. Cause screw them. Mm-hmm. Cause screw them to heck. Mm-hmm. What if we? Yo, are you up for like making a super team? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm I'm all ears, big dog. I'm all ears. All right. I think we just take Van Dyke and we'll be good. Oh, dude. <laughs> wow, that was like that was like going for the high five and then saying, "Oh, too slow. Too slow. Got him." Psych. What other what other moments did we miss as we round this up? NWSL, MLS, EPL, Ings with a nice overhead kick. That got me out of my seat. That was exciting. You got one nice just took it out of my mouth. The Sorry. bicycle kick. Looked like it was tip of your tongue. There was Rafinha's goal was a banger. Lukaku scores on his day day butt. Harry Kane comes off the bench for Tottenham against Wolves, which screwed me in the fantasy realm, but that's all right. Antonio. Could Antonio challenge for the golden boot for West Ham? Mm-hmm. They get a big win to, to kick off their campaign and another game against Leicester tomorrow. And Brighton. Fulfilling their XG destiny. And Arsenal doing the opposite. And fans back in the stadiums. Energy. Love seeing the energy. Doesn't that get you hyped up? Piled up? Packed stadiums. I hope that they, I mean, I hope one, it's healthy and there's some logic yep. behind it. Yeah. But I hope the wave of home fans filling out these stadiums continues. There's definitely this opening day buzz where you have games like Brighton versus Watford that maybe later in the year aren't going to be as sexy and you won't have a full full crowd for. But um, I I hope to see packed stadiums from from here on out for the rest of the rest of the year, just because you now have come to appreciate what it's like to not have that in your life. Um, so if I see any any massive gaps at the Eddie had for the next city game, I'm just going to say classic city fans, they don't exist. So that's why it's not full, but neither here nor there. Well, we hope we hope you bring the energy to your your week or your weekend and that you're having a great week or weekend whenever you're listening because we appreciate you. 
and we'll be back next week. See you later. See you next week. funny i think if i can just find some ridiculous like you know dj like drop noises or like echoes if i can somehow make the end of them echo or something you know like hilarious you gotta trick them out a little bit hilarious